Um, and that question was the thing that inspired this book. The idea of how do you start with a design goal and, uh, and then what, go through a series of steps to achieve that goal. And in, in engineering, very often, the, the first step in that process is to figure out how to describe our problem in mathematical language, whether you know, it's electronics or optics or mechanics or so, something. If we can describe the field and the problem and the constraints in the language of mathematics, then we can use the tools of math to solve the equations, to perform the optimization, to tell us what to do um, to create a plan to follow, to create the object or, or structure that we're trying to create. And so a lot of my work during a kind of 10 year period or in the 90s was figuring out how to translate uh, the design goals in origami into mathematical language. And it turned out to be very, very successful to work very well um, establishing a, a conceptual link between ideas like um, flaps that make appendages, arms and legs, and how long they are and how connected they are to purely geometric structures, circles and wavy shapes we call rivers and polygons and rules about how close they can touch each other within the crease pattern or how close they can come. They can't overlap, they can touch, they must touch. And, and we can translate the problem of designing a specific origami figure into a purely geometric problem of packing different shapes into a square. And those shapes that we pack are arrangements of lines that ultimately turn into the creases that we'll be folding on. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So when it comes to inspiration, is this something um, was hard to transfer into geometric modeling when it comes, because modeling also is so hard when you model something just, is this something example was really challenging to make origami design an inspiration or yeah, something you out of the blue that's to come to you, I want to something different. Do you have any scenario like that? Yeah, the, there is. Um, and it's, it's perhaps one of the most still currently frustrating or challenging aspects of origami, which is that we can translate structural information, lengths and widths, thicknesses, numbers of layers. These are all things that can be translated into mathematical terms. But aesthetic properties, whether something is beautiful or not, whether it, it makes an emotional connection to us, we don't know yet how to translate that into math. And, and so when we're doing origami art, what we're most focused on are the aesthetic aspects. And, mm. and, and we can't write down equations for as something beautiful or thought provoking. Um, so the best approximation we can do is to think of the structural description that will be uh, beautiful or thought provoking. Do that translation, do the design, fold it, create the, the shape, and then, and then hope that it achieves the aesthetic goal that we set out to do when we define the structure. Mm -hmm. There's really something else still missing when it comes to either in, in the art or maybe in the science of, of mathematics or organic. Is something you think still missing? Oh, there are many things maybe missing. In, um, in particular, the whenever we come up with a mathematical 
design algorithm, it only works for a particular class of shapes. Mm. Um, so for example, the tree theory, which is the, 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 uh, the body of work that I developed and, and wrote a program called TreeMaker to describe, that works for the class of shapes that is roughly tree-like, that can be described by a tree graph. Or you can think of it as something that has um, lots of long, relatively slender uh, appendages. So it works great for things like um, you know, insects and spiders and, and so forth. And we'd say maybe works okay for things, let's say like dogs and cats, except if we reduce a dog and a cat to a tree graph, to a line drawing, it's the same, it's basically the same stick figure for both a dog and a cat. And yet there are definite differences we need to make in the folds to make one look like a dog, one look like a cat. And so what's missing would be the mathematical description um, that, that lets us make that distinction back in the design stages. And then there are shapes that are just totally not appendage oriented. If I wanted to create an origami uh, cloud or, or even let's say an elephant or a hippo that's mostly round or an, an origami amoeba or something close to home, a coronavirus, you know, round with little spikes sticking out of it. That's not a tree-like shape. And so the mathematical algorithm for tree theory is not gonna work at all on that type of shape. Now, there are other mathematical algorithms. And in fact, there are mathematical techniques for, for creating uh, polyhedral shapes that would, for example, work pretty well for a coronavirus. Um, but, but still other shapes uh, that, that, that don't work. One of the big challenging areas right now is, is how to design shapes where both the surfaces and the fold lines are curved. And there's, there's mathematical theory being worked out for that and people are developing computational uh, plugins for program, architectural programs like uh, Rhino and Grasshopper to do that. But this is still in the early stages. And then there's a whole level of phenomena um, that are not yet adequately modeled, like taking into account the thickness of the material and uh, uh, in energy-based properties like springiness and um, differences between elastic and inelastic deformations. And, and there's not a lot of theory that incorporates those effects, but those can be important and especially when we start applying origami to technology, like space structures and medicine, those effects become very, very important. 